just turn to really my text for that I wanted to uh, read is from Proverbs chapter 18 and two verses in there, verses 10 and 11. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 and 11. It's quite a famous uh, or well-known amongst the believers. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as a high wall is his own conceit. And really, that's the, the text really that was uh, upon my heart to, to share with you um, this evening. Well, you know, we've already started the year, and uh, we know that we've already heard in the preaching how things are so uncertain going forward in these days, um, and how, you know, we're not sure what this whole year will bring before us. Interestingly, I was just thinking about, uh, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever the year begins, I always seem to have this, there always seems to be some disaster that seems to take place or something that always comes up. You know, that in the, and I don't know if it's just something that uh, I just have in the back of my mind that just thinks about it, but I just see that in the news, always some disaster that takes place. And it seems to be as if God is lovingly warning people, you know, even in the beginning of this year, that they are, you know, reminding people to, to reflect upon God. We, we saw um, in 2004, there was the most deadliest uh, tsunami that took place in December 26th, you know, and then, you know, even um, we had an earthquake uh, in um, Hatiai in uh, January on, in 2010. And then even the COVID started really in December, in 31st of December, you know, really they reported it um, to the World Health Authorities was on the 31st of December, you know, that's in, in 2019. And then we also know that even this uh, year as well, we had this Japan earthquake that took place. And so we see, we can see that, you know, as if it's God's warning, uh, you know, to us uh, during this time, we don't know what's going ahead of us. From a, just as a general point of worldly point of view, that is from, but also from a Christian perspective, you know, there are dark, there could be dark, there are dark times ahead for us. We have seen there are things that are escalating and things that are going worse and worse. We know that, you know, the media influence is actually pushing, you know, in our workplaces, we have diversity and inclusion now just pushed so much in the last year, where companies are just doing so much of, you have to be involved in this one uh, sort of like charter that they have you must be on the diversity, you must be on the inclusion. You know, we see this the gender and the, the um, campaign that's going on and we know the conversion therapy as well has been, has been introduced in Australia and, you know, coming along to us. So, that, you know, from, even from a spiritual angle, we have many things that are just pushing us in this, you know, um, in this direction. So not only natural disasters, but we also see a great many spiritual challenges for us today and so therefore you know this text when he says you know in the midst of all of this we have God who is our strong tower you know his name is a strong tower the righteous run unto it so we have somewhere where we can go to as Christians and be safe and in biblical times the strong tower you have to remember you have to push yourself back sometimes when you read in the scriptures you have to go back into the biblical times and put yourselves into the biblical times.
to understand what was the, the context. So when we talk about a strong tower, it was obviously a place that was secure. It was a place of safety. Because remember, there was no aeroplanes at that time. There was no tanks, there was no gunpowder to destroy those things. But so if you, had, you were living in those times, it was a very secure place. It was a very strong place and people couldn't get into that. It was like a, a, a strong fortress. You know, we have lots of castles in England, Wales, you know, Scotland. You know, those are examples of, of great places that were uh, secure. In fact, there's a, you know, even in history, there's a place, I don't know if you know the account of Masada, and there was a place where when the Romans were, had destroyed Jerusalem, there was a group of Jewish people that went to this uh, mountain. And, and this mountain is like, a, it's like a mountain, but imagine if it's chopped halfway down you know, on the top. You can, people can actually, it's a flat piece on top of the mountain. I think it's called, um, what's it called? A mesa. Yeah, I think that's a, the word that describes it. And so there were people, they managed to go up to this place and they were safe. And you know, when the Romans came to actually try, they thought they would, they would be able to conquer them very easily. But it took them a long time. They were not able to you know, really in, get and invade them and come and, and, and win, the, win them over for many months until they sort of built a big tower. But it's worth uh, having a look and just to show you. But I just wanted to give you an illustration of that as being how this mountain is, you know, even in during those times, the great Roman Empire still had so much difficulty conquering uh, in that. Um, and so we find here there is this, we have this great uh, tower in the name of the Lord. And notice how also it's contrasted with verse 11, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. So the rich man, you know, is the, the person who has put all his trust and his hope in the wealth that he has, you know, if he is sick, he's got the money to pay for it. If there's a recession, he still has, you know, he feels the safety of actually being able to go and uh, and he's secure in that in his wealth. And so we see how the rich man here it um, is sort of using is is thinking in his mind that this is my hope, this is my trust, this is the wall that I have. But you know, it's, it's it's only in his imagination, in his conceit, you know, he's deceived in himself. You know, he has a higher expectation than what it really is. Uh, and we see this also throughout the scriptures, where it's not only the rich man, but it might be you know somebody who is handsome and beautiful. They put their trust in uh, in their looks, or it might be someone who's wise and clever, and they put their, their trust in their wisdom, in in their cleverness. And we you know. And it says also in Jeremiah, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So again, we are reminded how this contrast between these two, two parts are. But really, what I wanted to focus on today is um, our thought, and the thought that was really coming to me is in this first part of um, the verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And that's what I want to focus on, is, is the name of the Lord. Uh, and I wanted to encourage us to think about that. What, what is the name of the Lord? It means 
his character. It means all that God is. You know, what makes God, God, is that's what we all, I want to you know, really think about and just to bring some, some thoughts out from that. You know, um, so the, you know, the foundation of our trust is the solid rock, is the, is the name of the Lord. Um, and so we see, we can see from this, there's everything that God does in, in, in this world is for his purpose, for his name, for his glory. Everything that he has, his own purpose, you know, in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it says, For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. It was because of his name. It's not because of the people are anybody. It wasn't because Israel was anybody special, but it was because simply because the Lord wanted to show his name uh, that it, would, it was, um, he, he did that work. And, um, you know, we have in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews 6, verse 13 to 18, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he, he obtained a promise for men verily swear by a greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them to end all strife, wherein God, more willing to and abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. So God could only swear by himself, because there was no one greater when he made his promise. So every promise God has has made for us as believers, the foundation of that is his name, is himself, you know, he, his, his reputation, what he has given to us, you know. And there's some wonderful examples, as you, as you may know already, in the scriptures that give us an indication of God's name and what that means. You know, um, in, the, in the Psalm 23, it's a wonderful one where it says, Jehovah Rohi, which, uh, forgive me my pronunciations in Hebrew, but Jehovah Rohi, it's, um, it means the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah? And you know, from that, we can see within that how God will care for us, God will protect us, you know, God is the one who will guide us and lead us. Uh, and then also we see when Abraham was told to offer Isaac his son. Um, and we see also many times in the Old Testament, uh, God reveals himself to them, uh, to the, the patriarchs. And when he, offered Ab uh, his, when he was about to offer his son, the Lord provided a ram for him. And so Abraham built an altar, and he called on the name of the Lord, and he, and he called him Jehovah Jireh. Uh, the Lord provides, the Lord shall provide. Uh, and we see many times in the Old Testament, the, the, the men, after God had done something great, they built an altar, and they establish God's name with that altar. You know, they call God something else. You, you see, I think it was um, also Moses as well, uh, when the waters were bitter and God, you know, changed the water. You know, there he, the Lord says, you know, he called the, uh, Moses called that place Jehovah uh, Rofi, uh, which is the, the Lord who heals. 
And uh, so we can see here, this, there's many different accounts when also when um, uh, Gideon, I think it is, uh, that was actually, um, I think it was Gideon, uh, in the book of, yeah, in the book of Judges, uh, it says about, um, yeah, it was Gideon who built an altar to the Lord, and he called it the Lord my peace, Jehovah Shalom. So there are many instances where we can read through the scriptures and we can find how God actually's name is actually placed uh, with those things. And we should uh, consider as we read through the scriptures and f uh, mark down in our scriptures, if we can, when we come to different places uh, where, you know, where God is uh, described and how he's described in those places. In, um, I'm sure we know about the, the Westminster Catechism. And, uh, you know, it's a list of questions and answers that usually are used for, for children, but also for adults as well. It's useful for adults where to help understand uh, basic scriptures and, and doctrines. Um, but there's also a larger catechism as well as a shorter catechism. And, um, and the larger catechism is quite useful as well to, to go through. It's just a bit more fuller. And I just wanted to read a little bit of what it says here. It says, question seven, what is God? And the, and the answer that is given in the, in the larger catechism is, God is a spirit in and of himself, infinite in being, glory, blessed, blessedness and perfection, all-sufficient, eternal, unchangeable, incomprehensible, everywhere present, almighty, knowing all things, most wise, most holy, most just, most merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. And it's worth, if you can, going back and looking at those things and, and considering them, how, how wonderful um, that is a description of God. Some of you may ask, well, where's, where's this? That's, it's missed out God is love in that description. But actually, um, that, is this, that is contained in that word goodness, in the word goodness there, it also encompasses God is love as well. So even though all the things around us in this world may be changing us and we do not know what is going to happen in this coming year, you know, our God is immovable. It's like a wheel. The world is going around, but the axis on that wheel in the middle doesn't move. It's the same. It's constant. And so that is our God. He, he, he never changes. Um, so we should always remember that, again, that the purposes of God, even in our salvation, is to, not for ourselves, is to glorify Him. You know, when we, re when we consider our salvation and how great it is and the redemption that has, been, that has taken place, what makes us really rejoice? Is it because our sins are forgiven? Is it because, you know, we have a place in heaven? You know, those things are wonderful and those are great. But really the core should be that this God is our God. You know, that's really what it should be, the real sense of it. You know, for example, if, for example, we have a God who's not going to lie. So when, we, when he tells us that he promises us that he, our sins will f be forgiven, you know, when we stand before him as a judge, he's not going to say, um, I've changed my mind. You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, you know, I decided that, you know, uh, that everybody can come into heaven. 
you know. Uh, or, you know, if the blood of Christ has been spilled, it said, yes, but I think everybody can, can come in. I've changed my mind. That's not the God we serve. The God that we serve is a God who is true, who is just, who is right, who is unchangeable. So, you know, when we, when we, when we tell people, we present, when we go out and we witness, we're telling people this is the God that we serve. That's the key. This is the, who we are. We present the gospel and we tell them what is done. But this is the God. We want you to come and worship this God. You are worshiping a false God. We want you to come and worship the true God. And, and, this, and if we know who this God is, we'll be able to express it and show it more in our lives. You know, and, and so therefore, we should always remember when we look even at the works of God, look for the character of God behind it. Not just what the benefits and what work that he's done for us, but look to who he is. Um, you know, we, even, we can look that even in our families, you know. In our families, we love people who, for who they are, even though sometimes they do things that are, are not right or some things that are wrong. We still love them for who they are. And so how much more should we love God for who he is? And then just notice a little bit coming to this. Um, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth unto it and are safe. And see, see here just the manner in which we should uh, trust our God. It's, it's like a verb for running. It's, the verb is to run. And this is, should be our attitude of trust in God is to always run um, to him, to see him for what he is, to run quickly. You know, running implies we do have in the scriptures walking with God, but here we are told we must run. And so we are not to, you know, uh, be hesitant in our walk in coming to know the Lord. We should not stop. Nothing should sort of stop us in the way. We should not sort of carry things with us to hinder us in coming to, to the Lord. So all these things will, if you're running, will hinder you. And so we should, um, we should be w running with a great zeal and earnestness, you know. So an example, for example, this morning when you woke up, did your thoughts run towards God? Or were they running to things of this world or something in your heart or something in your mind? Run towards God. The first thing that you get up in the morning, let your thoughts run towards God. And give him the praise and the glory. You know, just lift up and commit yourself to him. You know, um, when things happen, do we run to God? It was very wet when we came today. So easy for any of us to, when the cars come by and, and, and we get drenched. You know, and would it be, what's the first thought that happens in our minds? Oh dear, that's, you know, that's awful, that's really bad. You know, that, you know, that would be our natural reaction, but... If we have our thoughts upon God and we realize that everything is in God's control and God allowed that to happen to us, isn't that a different attitude that we have? You know, uh, so small things that can happen to us, we forget that God is in control of everything. Of course, we, we do not condone sinful actions, but there are things that come into our lives that really happen. I'm going to just quickly share something. I... As a Christian, sometimes we think we are, we have got, we, we're making progress. And then suddenly the Lord reminds us there's still a lot to be done. I was, I was, for an example of my own life is I was walking, I was riding the bicycle one day 
uh, going to church, and I came back, and it was very wet and raining, and it was and there was a when coming to a part where a car had parked so close by, where I was trying to get through. I got managed to get through, but I had to sort of as I got through, I sort of leaned against the car, and I just I just touched it. It wasn't nothing big, but the, the guy in the car was very was furious, angry, and I just started riding off. The guy ch chased me and gone ran after me, and got really angry. And I was and then I said I was like, I, I better stop. And as I stopped, I fell over. Yeah, and then a security guard came, and. Uh, and then um, he got up, he was so angry and really angry and said, why did you do that? I said, I, I just lost my balance. I just, I just put my arm there to support myself. Otherwise, I would have, you know, you were so tight. I was complaining that he's, he was so tight, you know, parked in the wrong place. And, um, and then he kicked my bike, you know, uh, and then he was like, oh, what's happening here? So I just apologized to him. So sorry, sorry, okay, and just made up and went off. But in my heart, after that, it was like fuming, really angry inside, because you know I was trying to justify myself, my actions, everything else. But then I looked back and reflected and said, the Lord still has a lot of work to be done in our lives. You know, and certain things God brings into our our lives, and certain situations happen in, into us that we may take just as a is something that just happens normally in life and just brush it off. But sometimes God wants to show us that God there still needs work in our lives in this area or in that area. You know, it can be something so small, uh, something so so insignificant. Uh, but that's how, you know, so I just, you know, encourage you. But my really my thoughts were really to to help you to look to God and to his character in when you're looking at the scriptures. Um, you know, in, if you're facing this year, as we've come across, if you're facing trials and difficulties, we have a strong tower. We have God who will, who will you know, support us. We do not know if any of us will even see the end of this year. You know, but we have a great hope and encouragement that God will bring us, you know, he's, he's our God. You know, he's our God no matter what comes. We do not know if they'll stop us preaching the gospel, you know, and bring in certain laws and we may be, you know, in, put into prison, you know, because we want to be faithful to the Lord. We don't know those situations. We've, you know, we've escaped a lot of persecution and a lot of um, troubles in this land where other countries have, you know, and who knows what the Lord will bring, you know, but, you know, and we should, but we should just look, if we have our, our strength in the name of the Lord, in looking to Him, in His character, you know, I believe we will be sustained. You know, not don't look at what God gives you, but look to Him Himself. Look to His name. You know, and He'll bless us. Should we conclude in prayer? <clears throat> Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we thank you, O Lord, for your precious word and your precious promises that are rooted and grounded in Thyself. Uh, o Lord, help us this. Um, this year, O Lord, to have our eyes looking unto Thee, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We thank You, O Lord, for that safety we have. We thank You that we have that standing in Thee. We pray, O Lord, that Thou would keep us and protect us and bless us and grant, O Lord, that through all the difficulties and trials we face, 
that you would be our God and we would be thy people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.